0: Got a little a uh, little bit of a college football bug this morning. Um, not working today, so figured I'd just uh, let the airwaves have it a little bit, uh, if I may. Going to go through my weekly five and also delve into a little bit of just fleshing out how I'm seeing the, uh, uh, the prospects of the college football playoff, kind of where I would rank the teams, um, and just kind of how I'm seeing the whole layout of of the, uh, of the college football as we, you know, get ever, ever so close to bowl season. Um, <clears throat> so starting off, I'm just going to get into the weekly five here, um, and then I'll delve into uh, some, some playoff analysis. But uh, without further ado, let's get into it. <clears throat> um, all right, noon kickoff. We're going back to Evanston. Uh, to bet against the Northwestern Wildcats this time. Probably one of my more emotional plays of the year, um, seeing as I, the, 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 I think I'm 0-3 betting on Northwestern this year. This is a 1-8 Northwestern team that usually, you know, this is a team that will win one or two games that they have no business winning and lose one or two games that they have no business losing. Um, and end up around seven or eight wins, sometimes nine, under Pat Fitzgerald. The cardiac cats, I like to call them. Um, And this year, they've just been flat. I think it's a transition year maybe for Northwestern, but their offense, uh, they just cannot score to save their lives. And it's been a real issue this year. You know, this is the worst I can remember Northwestern being in a while, so... Um, UMass, arguably one of the worst teams in college football altogether, but uh, they're getting 41 points. So basically, it's just me saying I don't think Northwestern could beat anyone in the in the FBS by 41 points. I truly don't. So this is going to be maybe a nail biter, and you know we'll see if Northwestern can just kind of get a wipeout confidence win. But uh, I don't see this one. I really just don't see Northwestern's offense blowing the doors off of UMass, even with how bad UMass is. So uh, I'm I'm challenging the Cats to do that, um, and I'm getting 41 with UMass. So my my predicted score for that is 35 to three, Northwestern to win. A little bit risky, but uh, but but I'm fading the Cats here. All right, moving forward to 3:30, we've got the Georgia Bulldogs taking on the Auburn Tigers in Jordan Hare. Uh, I think it's Jordan here. I, I'm not. I'm not a you know quite positive, but it's at Auburn. Um, Bo Nix, uh, the quarterback for Auburn, has been you know all right this year. Um, kind of proven his inexperience at points and his inability to truly compete with a with a dominant defense. Um, and, and the Georgia Bulldogs, you know, lost a brutal game to South Carolina a few weeks ago, but. This is, I, I believe this is a top five team in the country, maybe top three. Um, they have a lot of talent. They're very well coached. Uh, they're a two and a half point favorite in this game. I just think I'm going with the team, better coached, more experienced, probably needs to win a bit more. Georgia, you know, they, they really don't have the luxury of losing another game if they want to stay in that playoff conversation. So I think Georgia prevails here in a bit of a, a mishmash, maybe a bit ugly, but uh I think Auburn's going to struggle scoring points, so I'm taking I'm taking the Bulldogs 24 to 13. Um, that that's plenty more than two and a half. Four o'clock Eastern. Minnesota Golden Gophers going to Iowa to face the Hawkeyes. All I've been hearing all week is about how Minnesota hasn't won in Kinnick. Uh, you know the Gophers have had a great year so far, but uh, I think it's going to come to you know wind down here. Um, Hawkeyes are a three-point favorite. I just think that the Minnesota joyride doesn't end here. I think that this is a spot where Minnesota, why, why stop now? You just, you just had the biggest win in the past decade. You're playing an Iowa team that, although they're well-coached, although they are probably more experienced, they've got a better defense than you, you've got more to play for. You're a couple wins away from competing for a playoff spot. The committee has absolutely undermined what you've done uh, in your resume thus far, you know, based on your ranking. So I think this is just a spot where I'd like Minnesota to just come out with a big chip um, and to continue to win games in this competitive Big Ten. But uh, I think Fleck has those guys ready, man. I don't think that they're, you know, content with what they've done so far. I think they're, they're looking for more as they should be and I think going into Iowa and winning in Kinnick, which is something they haven't done in years and years and years, um, I think that will be huge for their program and just another boost uh, to to get them one step closer to the Big Ten championship and a, and a shot at the Buckeyes. Um, Minnesota getting three in this game. I'm predicting them to win outright by three points, 23-20. Uh, I like this to be a close game, but Minnesota ultimately prevailing. All right, we're getting into the night games here, 7.30 Eastern. We've got the Oklahoma Sooners at Baylor Bears. Baylor getting 11 points. This is a very similar game to last week where you had the Iowa State Cyclones going into Norman, getting 15. I just think this is an Oklahoma team that's a bit bruised and battered. Everyone was talking about how good their defense was after they seemingly shut down Texas, uh, at least when they needed to. And then they turn around and lose to Kansas State. In, you know, Kansas State puts up nearly a 50-burger on them. I just think this is an Oklahoma team that ah, they're really kind of still licking their wounds after that K-State lost. That game last week, you know, between them and Iowa State was really fun to watch. They were winning by 14 nearly the whole game. I thought it would be kind of a 14-point game. And then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, that stadium got really quiet, and, and, and it almost seemed like Iowa State just sucked a life at Oklahoma after they scored and then got the ball, drove down the field again, and, you know, kept Jalen Hurts off the field. Um, and when he was on it, he made a crucial mistake throwing an interception. Um, I love the decision by Matt Campbell to go for two at the end of that game. you got to go for the win at this juncture of the season. Uh, but o- Oklahoma not, in, not showing their teeth as much as they did early in the year. And this is a Baylor team that, I mean, if any team in, in this college football, you know, top 15, you can describe by just having fight, by being kind of a junkyard dog type of team, it's Baylor. I don't think any team I remember in the last few years has won as many close games as Baylor has. Um, another one last week against TCU, they had to eke out in overtime. Uh, this is just a, a well-coached team that another team where the committee just disrespected them with the ranking. Um, they've got a great undefeated resume. I know they've won close games, but you know winning has to stand for something, and I think they're going to come out motivated. Primetime home game, if I'm not mistaken, game day is there. I think they're really going to get after it, and I think Baylor could win this game outright. I really do. Um, I'm not uh, not quite going there with my pick. Uh, I think it'll be a 35-32 game Oklahoma, but I like this one to be close, and I think 11 is plenty for the Baylor Bears. All right, last pick of the week here. Louisville Cardinals uh, want my money back from last week, the drubbing uh, at the hands of the Miami Hurricanes. Louisville going to NC State to play the Wolfpack. This is an NC State team that I think is just hampered this year. They're waiting for the season to be over. Um, Their most impressive win is a six-point win to Syracuse, who's been massively disappointing this year. Louisville has been pretty great on the road thus far. Um, They're they're laying four on the road. Um, I think Louisville wins by a touchdown plus. I I could even see the cards running away with this one. Um, I'm just kind of going with the gut pick here. Better coach, more to play for. I think the Cardinals are a tough out, man, a really tough out. And they I think they're going to, you know, right their wrongs after last week. They, you know, let Miami hang 48 up on them or whatever it was. Um, so I like the Cardinals minus four. That does it for the weekly five. Um, really appreciate you guys listening. And I'm about to dive into real quickly uh, just talk about the Steelers a little bit because this is my, this is my little podcast so I can just give a two-minute blurb on – been a huge Steelers supporter the past few weeks. Um, really want, would like to see them make the playoffs. And I'm recording this on the Friday morning after the Thursday night game. Uh, not going to talk too much about the Miles Garrett situation. I think it kind of speaks for itself, and I agree with most everyone that's been talking about it. He should be suspended for the rest of the year. There's no room for that to happen on the football field. The game is already dangerous enough. You shouldn't be out there swinging helmets. Um But the Steelers, I just wanted to say that I'm not even close to jumping ship at all. I think a lot of people knee jerk react to how inept the offense was. This is a team that's been due for a loss, let's be honest. I mean, how many games can your defense win you consecutively? They were one and four five weeks ago, they were five and four before the game. They're five and five now. They play Cleveland in two weeks, and they've got a a game versus Cincinnati in between. I'm fairly sure they're at home. Uh, in both of those games, they should win both those games. Um, I really do see this team being 7-5 and five in two weeks, and I'm fairly sure they play Buffalo, Arizona, Baltimore, and the Jets. So if they can win two or three of those games, I think that this is a team that's going to put themselves in playoff position. The loss last night was less than ideal. Um, really frustrating to watch as someone who's just pulling for the Steelers and knows they need to win the games they're supposed to win. Um, I have a little wager going on with Tommy, my, my brother, uh, that the Steelers are going to win over eight and a half games. So this one definitely doesn't help that wager. I still have the utmost confidence that they will get that done. I, I, I truly do think that they're good enough to do that, um, especially with games like the Jets and the Bengals left on their schedule. Um, and then the Browns again. Uh, I really, I, I, I think they're going to come out really fired up for that game in two weeks. But, um, yeah, that's that's basically my synopsis of, of the Steelers. Um, also, just run the ball more. I understand Connor was out of the game, but don't be afraid to hand the ball to Samuels or Edmonds. These these fourth downs also, QB sneaks work really well. you got a 6'5 quarterback. Um, I just think there were some very questionable coaching decisions made in the game yesterday. Um And even possibly turning to Duck Hodges, the backup quarterback. I don't think that Mason Rudolph should take that so personally. It's just honestly a change of pace. Mason Rudolph isn't a starting quarterback. He hasn't proven that he's a starting quarterback. In the limited time that both Hodges and Rudolph have played, they've had a somewhat similar output. You could even argue that in the smaller sample size, Hodges has played better and the offense has looked more natural with Hodges at the helm. Um, I think that's more because Hodges understands his identity, and Rudolph still has that. You know, he still can play himself into being a starter and into being kind of a franchise guy. I mean, he was a second round pick, I think, and uh, this is just a guy who is still maybe proving that he could be the future of the franchise. Um, a little bit more pressure on him, whereas Duck kind of knows his role. I don't think he is under the impression that he's going to take that job. Um, but. I really would have liked to see a little, little bit more creativity coming from the Steelers. Um, yeah, not a lot of execution where it needed to happen because Cleveland did play well, but, man, there were a lot of opportunities where the Steelers could have barged right back into that game and they didn't take advantage of them. So that's, that's pretty much it for, the, for my Steelers talk. Um, and let's get into some college football playoff conversation and win the Pac-12 after they lost to USC. And I think this would put them in an interesting position, playoff-wise. I think they could be, they they do have an outside shot at getting in the playoff, but instead of getting into all the semantics and predictions, it's so hard to predict exactly what's going to happen, or how it's going to happen, or, you know, I I like to think I'm going to be right on my weekly five, but... Auburn could beat Georgia and that could completely shake up the whole playoff. Or, you know, um, Minnesota could lose to Wisconsin and Iowa. Or Minnesota could win out. You know, you never really know. So I don't want to get too much into what's going to happen or trying to predict what's going to happen. If you wanted an outside shot prediction, I would say we're most likely going to see. LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama. I just have a feeling that's the most likely scenario. Um, that's probably what the committee wants. And as much as it pains me to say it, those are probably the four best teams in the country. Um, but instead of getting into all the prediction nonsense, I just want to throw out a couple of matchups um, outside of those four teams that I would really like to see um, You know, in, in the Rose Bowl or Fiesta Bowl or whatever it may be. Um, one of those matchups is the Utah Utes and the Oklahoma Sooners. I think this would be a great fiesta bowl. Um, I do understand that it's a PAC 12 versus big 12 matchup. I'm not positive what the requisite, you know, uh, uh, criteria is for the specific bowls. I obviously, I know the Rose bowl is big 10 and PAC 12, I think the Fiesta Bowl is Big 12 and at large. Um, I think the Orange Bowl is ACC, SEC, possibly. I'm not. I'm not positive. But um, just going to get into a few matchups that I'd like to see. Um, Utah, Oklahoma would be a great matchup. I think I'd love to see how those two teams faced off against each other. Um, I think Penn State coming in and playing in the Rose Bowl is possibly realistic, or Minnesota. Um, so we're, we're probably going to see a Penn State-Utah or a Minnesota-Utah or even a Penn State-Minnesota-Oregon matchup in the Rose Bowl. And I'm interested to just kind of see where that leaves Michigan. Um, I really hope that Michigan isn't playing Florida in the Capital One Bowl. I feel like that's just how it's going to end up, and that's how it's ended up too often. Um, I'd like to see Michigan play someone other than Florida. Um, not saying that it's that likely to happen, but it kind of seems like that might be the way it shakes out. Um, interested to see where Baylor lands. Like I said earlier, it's hard to predict everything, so we don't know where the final rankings are going to be at. But I think that the way that teams, you know, ranked 6 to, you know, 18 or 19 – they shape up to make some pretty interesting matchups. Excited to see where, you know, who Texas is going to be playing and who Wisconsin and Notre Dame are going to be playing. Um, So a lot to look forward to in this college football season. Um, I hope I'm wrong with the playoff. And it kind of leads me to my final point here about Alabama and how they've just kind of, Schemed their schedule in such a way that, based on their, you know, the fact that they're in a division with Georgia, they're going to make it so difficult for the committee to leave them out of the playoff. Because, barring a huge upset at the hands of the Auburn Tigers in the, you know, the, arguably the biggest rivalry in, in football, um, the Alabama Crimson Tide are going to have a, a nearly perfect resume with you know, a five-point home loss to who will most likely be the number one ranked team in America. And when LSU and Georgia most likely face off in the SEC championship, it's going to just make the committee's job very difficult to, you know, place Alabama, I think, because um, Georgia, you know – I. What I'm trying to say is I wish Alabama had one more game on their schedule that was against a reputable team so that I could say they would be a little bit more deserved to get into the playoff besides the fact that they're just Alabama. Um, I understand they play in the SEC, but if, if we're being honest with each other, their schedule this year has really not been very hard. I mean, the hardest game they've played outside of their LSU loss was a game at Texas A&M. And, you know, granted, they have blown their competition out of the water. But, you know, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Arkansas, Tennessee, Southern Miss, South Carolina, Duke, and New Mexico State. You know, in the next two weeks, Mississippi State and in, in Western Carolina before Auburn. That's just... it doesn't sound like a playoff team to me. It sounds to me like you got one good win against Auburn. If you end up winning that game and your second best win is a loss to LSU. And I just think that that's kind of a a sorry resume to back your way into a playoff. I'd rather, you know, uh, keep that slot open for a team that has played against a little bit more substantial competition. Cause you know, I know I've been harping on Utah, but I, I'll even say you know, a team like Utah, they could have the same a similar resume with the schedule or a Minnesota. You know, Minnesota very well could beat Duke, New Mexico State, South Carolina, Texas A and M. You know, Tennessee in and, and Arkansas. I, I I don't think that that's nec- that that's really something to hang your hat on. So if they're not playing, in the SEC championship and their best win is Auburn. I just I I, I don't know how they're really going to separate themselves um, in the in, in the college football playoff the way it's shaking out. Um, so I, I would although I am picking Georgia in my weekly five, I really would like to see Georgia lose a game um, so that that would lead you know leave a path for. Alabama to play, you know, rematch uh, LSU in the SEC championship so that the fate can be determined and we can see either Alabama win and both those teams get in the playoff um, or LSU just give Alabama the boot for good this year. Um, but, I, you know, Georgia does play Auburn. This is a huge week for for Georgia to beat Auburn, and then they, they play Texas A&M next week. So, you know, Texas A&M not as uh, – not as uh, you know intimidating as as they were at the beginning of the year, but still not going to be the easiest win in the world um, but yeah, I mean and then you got a team like Clemson as well where you know you got to give them credit because they're undefeated and they're and they've blown everybody out besides that North Carolina game but uh, but these I, I just really would like to see these teams challenge themselves a little bit more. Um, Uh, you know, I guess they would ask themselves for what reason, like why would they want to do that when they know they can get a shot at, you know, it's hard to win games and we can get a shot at the college football playoff with just scheduling Texas A&M as your hardest out of conference game. So I guess, you know, I just think that maybe the NCAA needs to take this matter into their own hands and figure out a new criteria for, you know, how to, how to make the college football playoff a little bit more, I guess a little bit easier to understand the ranking and a little bit more cut and dry and black and white because the way they've made it, it just is very confusing. And and usually in the past, you know, five years since we've seen it happen, we've seen one or two teams kind of get screwed um, on a regular basis. So maybe it means shaking up the conferences or shaking up the scheduling or even shaking up the playoff and making it a 16 playoff and just giving the one and two seeds buys and letting uh, three through six, uh, you know, duke it out kind of so that there's a 16 playoff. I think that might be a good alternative so that we're not, you know, leaving any any could-be contenders out. But, um... Look forward to talking with you guys in a couple weeks. Giving you my picks. I think I'm going to end it there. Um, and very interested to see how this weekend shakes out. And look forward to maybe delving into a little bit more playoff conversation in a couple weeks. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And see you later. <laughs> I smoke my herbs and roll the ice And, and heal Rasta for I the king I and I no deal with coke Cause I'm a Rasta man